All right, um, so I'm going to ask you to stand, if you would. I'm going to read the scripture uh, from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Uh, and you may have heard of, about Jesse before in the Bible. If you haven't, we're going to talk about who Jesse is. But uh, it's Isaiah prophesying. It's around 700 B.C. If you've been reading your Bible in a year, you've been through it but um, in the past. But it's around 700 B.C., that he's prophesying this. It says, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide what he hears with his ears. This is the word of God for the people of God. Father, I just ask you bless the teaching, preaching of the word today. Um, as always, I ask you to help me get out of the way so that you can be seen, heard, and experienced. Amen. Um, so we're starting this new series today. If you hadn't heard, it's been in our newsletter, but we're starting a series called Roots, Advent, and the Family Story of Jesus. And this is a pretty cool series, I think, because what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the lineage of Jesus. Now, everybody comes from somewhere. You may not realize it, but you had a mother and a father, and they 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 had a mother and a father. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. If we could all trace our ancestry, I guess we'd all technically be related. might explain some things. Um, but we go all the way back to the very beginning of time. Now we have things like Ancestry.com and things like that that we can trace our ancestry, but I doubt many of us can go all the way back to Adam and Eve. I don't think it does that. Um, I was at our... Uh, our little small church where I grew up recently, and I like to go over there and walk around the graveyard. It may sound weird, but I, I like to just kind of look at different people's graves and where they come from. I like history, and I, so I was like walking through and looking at our family, and I could trace the Gilrays all the way back somewhere around the late 1700s, and uh, I was just standing there looking at those graves, and you know, I'm looking at all these names, and a lot of them are only two or three generations removed, maybe three or four generations removed from me, and I don't know anything about them. I mean, I know that maybe they were a veteran. That might be like all it says on the grave, you know? It, it just has, and I don't know what they did with the dash. I don't know any of that. Here's what I do know. If they hadn't lived, I wouldn't live. So that's kind of weird, isn't it? Like, if a bunch of people before you hadn't lived, then you wouldn't be here, but you have no idea who they are or what they did. And the reality is, I hate to tell you this and bust your bubble, but two or three generations from now, eh. <laughs> Nobody's going to know who you are, what you did. So... It's just kind of odd to think about that. You think about Jesus, and, you know, there's a lot of people in his lineage that were really important to him coming. Um, and so I used to always skip over the lineage in the Bible. Like I would get, I don't know if you do this, like you get to the point, and they're like such, such, begot, 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 you know what I'm talking about, they're like the old school language. And so I would get to like Matthew chapter 1, and I'd want to skip over it. But Matthew chapter 1 is pretty interesting. Like, if we look at Matthew 1, um, it actually tells us, like, how Jesus got here. And it starts off, I don't have this on the screen, but it starts off, like, in uh, verse 2. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Judah. Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah. And Perez, the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. And it goes on down through this lineage. And it's really easy to skip over it and go, oh, well, that's boring. But the reality is all those people live lives, and some of them really long lives. And they were all critical to Jesus getting here. If you flip over to, um, if you go to Luke and you look at Luke 3, 
it actually it gets even further in detail, and it has 77 different generations. You think about that. Every generation lived 100 years, and multiply that times 77. That's a lot of ancestry right there. And it goes all the way back to all these, like Levi and Melchi and a bunch of other names I'm not going to say. And then it gets down... It gets down to the end, and, and, uh, or actually, actually, it's the other one. If you look at Matthew, it gets to the end, and Matthew, I think it's 1, Matthew 1, 16 says, And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who was called the Messiah. Like, it kind of, it brings it home. And then the other one starts off at the very beginning in Luke, and, and says, He was the son, so it was thought of Joseph, the son of X, the son of Y, whatever. So, what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks, um, and it really into Christmas Eve, is just how important it is that we all have stories. And you have a story, like you have ancestry whether you like it or not. Some of you may not be proud of it. I mean, some of you may go, I don't really want, I mean, hey, my, my family tree is not really a thing to be proud of, right? Maybe great, may not be. You may go, I really don't want to talk about my family tree. What I would encourage you to do is to say, hey, whatever your story is, is your story. And to own that story. And God will take your story and use it as a testimony. Whether good things, whether bad things, whatever it is, he'll use your story to preach to other people if you allow him to do that. Um, even, even, once again, the bad parts. Uh, so we see in Isaiah 11.1, 1, it says this interesting phrase. It says, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. Now, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. Now, I want to just stop before we talk about who Jesse was and talk about a stump. What is a stump? Is a stump, is a stump something like a beautiful symbol? No, it's a stump. What is a stump? It's a dead tree. So it's kind of interesting that the prophet, he's, he's making a prophetic statement, the stump, a dead piece um, of Jesse, the stump of Jesse. It's kind of, you got to stop and think about it for a second. Um, now, I'm going to come back to that, but who was Jesse? Jesse, he was on the Dukes of Hazard. I don't know if y'all remember, he had the beard and the overalls. He was great, loved Uncle Jesse. Um, he was, in the Bible, he was the son of Ohad, which probably doesn't mean anything to you, and he was the grandson of Boaz and Ruth. So if you read the book of Ruth, the kingsman redeemer, Boaz, okay, he was the grandson of Boaz and Ruth. Now, you may go, I don't know what that means. Um, so he's the father of David. Jesse is the father of David. Now, I say David, most of you, light bulb goes, okay, David, no, he was a king. Um, know that God made a covenant with David in, uh, uh, what was it, 2 Samuel 7, makes a covenant with David that from his lineage will come the Messiah. And so it's this covenant, hey, David, I promise you that out of you will come, come, come this Messiah. And so, uh, so we come back and go, okay, Jesse is, is the father of David. Now it's called the stump of Jesse. So what was really going on is the prophet Isaiah is saying, man, things are going to get pretty rough. Like this, this kingdom of David is going to get pretty bad. And they're going to be attacked by the Babylonians, the Assyrians. If you look at your Bible history, you know you actually get like even like you get to the book of Malachi. This stands out to me. The book of Malachi is the end of the Old Testament. And before you get to the New Testament, you study it. There's actually 400 years of silence, prophetic silence. Like God doesn't speak. Like everybody's like, where did God go? And everybody kind of thinks, well, maybe God's abandoning us. Maybe, maybe this is the end of David's uh, kingdom. Maybe this is not true 
what God said. And, and so Isaiah is going, hey, out of the stump of Jesse, says out of the stump of Jesse, from his roots, a branch will bear fruit. Now, I got a picture of a stump with just a little, like a little sprout, right? Like there's like hope, it's like everybody, there was this dark time and the people of God were like, nothing's going to happen. And then Isaiah's just going, man, just hold on. And, and the idea of hope in the Bible is a prevalent theme throughout it. It still applies to you today. If you feel like you're a stump, like you're in a dark spot that's dead, um, it, it, but there's always hope with Christ. Like hope is, you're never hopeless. You're never hopeless. It's like, I think you called, Eugene, you called me the other day. I, I thought about this. This is funny. Um, so she, she called me the other day and she said, hey, I, I forgot to tell you um, what we have to look forward to. And I was like, I thought she was going to say, I thought she was going to say, like, we're going to hang out with some friends or, you know, whatever it was. And I was like, oh, okay, what's that? And she's like, heaven. And I was like, well, you're right. And she kind of hung up. That was it. <laughs> I was like, well, well, good, you know? Like, in other words, I think what she was saying is like, we felt like we we're in kind of a heavy place. And she's like, hey, just remember, like, you always have that. Like, it's a good reminder. Like, it's always beyond whatever the problem is. You keep the cross and the resurrected Jesus in the backdrop of that. There's always hope. And so Isaiah is just telling him, man, just, just hold on, because it, this is not only going to be a shoot, but it's going to bear, it's going to bear fruit. I also think it's fascinating to think about the fact that out of this stump comes this shoot. Now, where else do we see life coming out of something wooden? Think about that for a second. In the biblical story, where do we see life coming out of something wooden and rugged? We, of course, we think about the cross. I think about Jesus hanging on the cross, and everybody was like, man, that's the end. That's it. He's not who he said he was. He's not the Messiah because they let, he let him hang him on the cross. And then he dies, and of course, for three days... Everybody thinks, man, hey, that's the end. But on the third day, here comes this hope. Jesus. And listen, he didn't come as a, I mean, you, you think about it. He's coming back. He's coming back the second time as a king. But just think about how he entered in the first world, uh, into the world the first time. He came as a baby. He came as a baby. Like, he came into the world as a sprout, right? Like, the world is, like, feeling lost and alone, and God's not there. And then, all of a sudden, these two people, Mary and Joseph, who are these young people who are relatively poor, and Jesus is born to them, and they can't find a place to stay. That, that's how God sent his son. And so, it's like, we, we see this, this, if you're in a place of darkness in your life, like we see this, like you're, you're, in, you're in darkness, but God gives you a, a glimmer and a glimmer and a glimmer because he's a God of hope. And our God of hope doesn't disappoint. It says in Isaiah uh, 11, 2, it, it talks about how the spirit of the Lord's going to rest on this person who's coming. We know it's Jesus, but it, but it says the spirit of the Lord rests on him. Listen, the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding, and the spirit of counsel, and the spirit of might, and the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. What he's saying is that this person who's going to come is going to have the spirit all over them. In fact, he's going to be the spirit. It's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is the Trinity, and he's going to come and save the world. Um, and of course, we know he was the full fruit of the spirit. He was God incarnate. And then it says in verse 3, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Boy, if we'd only delight in the fear of the Lord and not the fear of man. Amen? 
If we'd only put our fear in things other than, if we only put our fear in God and not in other things, what I'm trying to say. We fear everything in this world. So scared to death, all of us. And the world's scary, but we should really only fear the Lord. And it says that he'll delight in that, and he will not judge with, by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. In other words, he's going to have incredible discernment, and he won't judge by the world's standards, but rather by God's standards. In fact, he's going to sit on the judge's seat. It's where the Bible says he is at the right hand of the Father, and he's going to judge because he'll have full discernment. Um, he knows all and is all. So we have all that, and we're entering into the Advent season. And I come back to the fact that I always try to remind us that, like, you know, Jesus came, God, I don't know. We grew up hearing the story, so it feels like a broken record. I don't know if we just get it because we're so used to it, but God came to the world. God incarnate. He came to the world. I don't know if we remember that, y'all. God came to the world. Like We've heard the story so many times, but if you were here the first time, God's going to come to the world incarnate as a human and a, as a baby. And as a, as a baby that doesn't even have a place to stay, he's going to have to stay in a manger? I mean, we're so used to seeing a way in a manger and all the Christmas, we don't even get it. God came to the world. He entered the world as a human, but he had to grow up first, and he was perfect. You think about that, the baby Jesus. That's so crazy. And not only did he come into the world, but he grew up and then he would, he would go and, and he wouldn't, I mean, he, he loved everybody and he, and he cared for everybody and he did miracles and people still didn't believe that he was the Messiah and they still rejected him to the point where they hung him on a cross. I, that's just an unbelievable story that God loved us that much. And that then when he died, he didn't just go, man, forget all those people and the way they treated me. He goes, I still love them so much, I'm going to send them the Holy Spirit. And he said, I'll offer you the Spirit to live within you and, and, and to reign in your heart, to give you hope, and, and to give you hope about a future. I won't leave you as orphans. And he didn't just do that. He didn't just give us the Spirit. He said, hey, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to get you, and I'm going to take you to be where I am. And so whenever you're in those dark moments, you got hope that Jesus is going to return. Like, he's coming back. Like, I wish I could pick up the phone and call y'all like Jenny did me and say, hey, we got something to look forward to. You're like, what? Is it a game? Is it a get-together? No, Jesus is coming back. Duh. <laughs> Jesus is coming back. It's the greatest news ever. No matter how hard it is or what you're going through, what your health struggle, you know, fear, whatever you're dealing with, job, loss, finances, Jesus is coming back. He's coming to get us. It ain't forever. This life is very, very temporal. Very. So take hope. Take hope in the Savior. And don't think that God can't use your brokenness because whatever appears dead, Jesus Christ will bring it to life. I'm telling you. He, he, he will take your greatest tragedy and turn it into a triumph. God works all things for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Whatever kind of junk you're going through, Whatever it is, he'll take it if you'll allow him, and he'll use it as a testimony. You'll give him glory for it if you can get through it. And you can trust him in it, and trust him in the storm, and trust him and let it build your faith, and then you can get on the other side of it. It's hard to see it when you're in the midst of it. But if you can get through it, and trust him, and walk with him, and get through the sea, when you get on the other side, you'll look back and go, man, he's good. He's a good God. So, the only way you can do all this is if you got hope in him. If you don't have hope in him, you've got to open your heart to him. That's why we do what we do. 
because we believe in Jesus and we offer Jesus. And Jesus just says, you profess that he is Lord and repent of your sin and turn from your ways and seek after him and you, you will be his child. And I invite you to do that this morning. If you don't know him, just open your heart to him during our time of prayer and come to the altar and cry out to him. Listen, hey, if you just need to come to the altar and cry out to him anyway, just do that. Even if you know him, it's the best thing in the world. Tears sometimes to do some therapy. So just come and cry or let somebody pray for you. We'll have prayer teams. We're going to open up the, the, the table. And next week, we're excited. We'll continue talking about the lineage of Jesus and, and some of the misfits in the story. Because he didn't come from a line of perfect people. I can tell you that right now. So it's interesting to see who God uses. And I believe he's going to use every single one of us if we open our hearts to him. So let's go to the Lord and let's uh, prepare um, to receive communion today. I'm actually going to, uh, and while I'm praying, I'm going to invite Chris and Janice up here. The two, two of them are, are two of our pastors now, and I'm, I'm going to invite them um, to, to serve you communion, and I'll be willing to pray uh, with anybody that would like to be prayed for. So let's, um, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I know things probably felt pretty dark for Israel at times. Um, for the people of God as they journeyed, as they were in captivity, as they struggled in the wilderness, as they were lost, all the years they spent wandering, Lord, I'm sure they felt dark times. They felt they had been abandoned. But you promised them that you would not leave them and you would not forsake them. And you will not leave or forsake us. No matter our story, no matter our, our heritage, our lineage, our ancestry, no matter the family we are surrounded by, Lord, you have good and great plans for us, whether it's broken or whether it feels wonderful. You will use it for your glory. As we continue to study about where you came from, I remind us to give thanks for where we come from and for the situations we've been in, and may we use them for our glory. As always, we open this altar, Lord, to anybody who just needs you, whether that's calling upon your name or whether that's just crying out to you because they're in pain. We thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.